ready to take your branding to the next level. This is Million Dollar Branders. We know what it takes to build million dollar brands because we live it and breathe it. And now we're sharing our tips and success secrets with you. Here's your host, Justine Pogroski. Guys, today we have such a special guest on our show. He is one of the major voices of an app called Clubhouse that I was a huge influencer in a few months ago prior to COVID and during COVID. But not only is he an incredible entrepreneur, it's such an honor to be able to interview him. Glenn, I know we've had this interview planned for a while, but just to give you an introduction, Glenn Lanzi is a popular host and entrepreneur from my favorite place, the USA, who was born in on December 20th in Fort Hood, Texas, and also raised there. He is the only person in the world that grew a dealership 800% in five years from 120 cars a month to a thousand in a small town of only 9,600 people. Glenn, it is an honor to have you, and this is only one of your many, many accolades, but I'm so excited to hear a bit more of your story. So welcome to the Million Dollar Branders podcast. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate being here. It's awesome. <laughs> Super kind of you. So Glenn, you've had an amazing career so far. Not only have you juggled your personal and professional life, but I recently saw a keynote that you gave where you touched so many hearts. You brought me to tears with Grant Cardone, Elena Stormy, who's one of my favorites, where you said, who are you? It was absolutely brilliant. And I want to touch on this because your journey is so powerful. And I think it applies so much to life, to branding, to success, to business. And some people also die never really knowing who they are, which is just so, it's one of the saddest things of all. But let's talk a little bit about how you discovered who you are, a little bit about your journey, your very interesting, humble beginnings and upbringing. <laughs> I would love to hear more of that. Can you walk us through that journey and your childhood? Yeah, I just grew up in a very interesting situation, right? My mom is white. My dad is black. My parents got divorced when I was 11 years old, I guess it was. And, um, you know, my dad, who's black, got remarried, married a black woman. And my mom is white. She got remarried and married a white dude. And then they ended up moving into the same apartment complex, two doors down from one another. Uh, my mom and her new husband were in apartment 28. My dad and his new wife were in apartment 30. And so I grew up in both those cultures. Dad's house was the black house and all the stereotypes that go along with that. And mom's house was the white house with all the stereotypes that go along with that. And so I just kind of grew up in the middle. It was very challenging when I was younger because I didn't really understand where I fit in. Um, too dark to be white, too light to be black. And so a lot of identity issues when I was a child, uh, a young teenager, you know what I'm saying, young adult. Uh, but now, ultimately, I'm just grateful for that season because um, it's allowed me to connect with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And now that I've been able to discover who I am, um, it's it's definitely more of a blessing when originally when I was younger, I thought it was a curse. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite amazing too. I mean, you've built such a lucrative career of really understanding people. And I think this is one of the pivotal growths that a lot of entrepreneurs work on. But 
what ignited your passion for entrepreneurship and your personal development? Like I know you grew up selling cars in a dealership, but I, I would love to know more about that. Yeah, you know, I just, I did things a certain way for a really long time and I kept getting shitty results, you know, like just really bad results. Uh, um, you know, I ended up homeless for a season. I was in and out of jail 17 times, deeply depressed, wow. um, suicidal thoughts, attempted to take my own life. Like I just, I was living life one way and it, was, it wasn't good. It was awful. So I had to learn more about myself so I could get a better understanding of how to navigate you know, this game of a life. And, you know, that's where the personal development journey, you know, it started by studying a bunch of different uh, religious aspects and trying to understand the spiritual side of self. And then once I got a grasp of, you know, spiritual understanding of self, then it was, you know, how do I get my brain to think differently and process yeah. differently and see the world differently and then, you know, of course, there's the body, right? Like, how do I put myself in a healthier position? And instead of, you know, doing drugs and putting poison in my body, um, how do we live a life where we don't take any drugs, not even the legal ones, and instead wow. find ways to um, create a healthy body, right? So it really just came from me getting sick and tired of being sick and tired and didn't like the lifestyle I was living. And I, I, I started to seek answers of how I could change it. Unbelievable. And what would you say, like, is there a mantra or I'm going to say some something, your voice in your head, was there something that you basically told yourself when you were going through this stuff? Is there something you live by to keep pushing you forward? Because as you've described, the entrepreneurial journey and just life in general is going to throw things at you. So what what makes Glenn Lundy tick through those moments that are difficult and what has really helped you shift your perspective and what keeps you going in life? Yeah, you know, there's multiple aspects kind of around um, all of those things. One thing that I remind myself always is that, you know, you take yourself wherever you go. Mm. And so my environment changed all the time when I was younger. I lived in different cities. I had different friends. I hung out at different places. But the result kept being the same because I was the constant. So it didn't matter if I changed everything around me. I kept getting the same result. And so understanding that has given me a, um, it's just giving me a, a feeling of confidence in knowing that I am ultimately in control of what my life uh, experiences will be like. I can't control everything that happens, but I can control how I respond to what happens. And that's empowering. You know, when I was younger, I used to think I was a victim to whatever would happen. You know, uh, somebody had to give me a leg up, a hand up, uh, a cheat code, whatever. I could never get there myself. And then I finally realized like, no, 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 you take yourself wherever you go. So your failures are your responsibility as well as your success is your responsibility. So that's what keeps me going. And then that you add on to that when my grandfather passed away like 18 years ago, I learned in the in, in that moment that 
we are most comfortable in life right before death. And oh, profound. Yeah, you know, I watched my grandfather pass away. He battled cancer for a long time. And when he actually passed away, he was super comfortable. Like he went from this sick elderly man that I didn't recognize on a bed till right before he passed away, he, he was comfortable. The pain all went away. And I thought, man, you're most comfortable in life right before death. So then I started looking to see if that was a pattern or if that was just grandpa, right? So I started looking at relationships. I'm like, oh, when people get comfortable in relationships, what happens? something, right? Somebody swoops in or somebody's like, Hey, I'm not, you know, we don't love you anymore. Like a relationship dies when somebody gets a job and they get comfortable in their position. Somebody else comes and gets them right. A professional athlete gets comfortable in their position. Somebody freaking eats them for lunch. Right? So you see it over and over and over again in relationships in business, uh, with our health, if you just get comfortable living your life, eating, doing whatever the heck you want to do, dude, the body dies, freaking falls apart. So once I started to see this pattern, I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to continue to push and stay uncomfortable, right? Because I'm not ready to die yet. I got six little girls I need to walk down the aisle. I got eight kids that are counting on dad to be around for a really long time. And so it's important to me to stay in those areas of uncomfort, which requires you to always be pushing. I totally agree. And even coming, I come from a bodybuilding background, bikini, so I get it. And it's pushing yourself. And it, it, it actually influenced my entrepreneurial journey. So I couldn't agree with you more. And let's talk about like energy and people, because I think it's so important. And to me, like, I mean, I look at you as one of the master networkers and not just that, I mean, being able to connect on a stage with your audience is a whole nother kettle of fish. Like it's just, it's developing that rapport with people who you've never met and then keep making like that staying power that it takes to command attention on stage, to keep that attention and then let them remember you after. I think you were definitely a master of this and still are. And I can't wait to get you to Australia, but saying that with people and let's talk about, maintaining good people in your life and I think this is really important because it affects everything in your life so negative energy and all of that how do you maintain good people in your life good quality connections and what do you look for when you're doing business with people as an entrepreneur or connecting with people yeah there's 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 multiple things right um people want to feel seen people want to feel heard and people want to feel significant. So when you can do that, right, um, be intentional about making sure to call someone out, to say their name, uh, to use their name specifically, right, Justine? We got to use the name. Very important, Glenn. Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, then people are like, oh, he sees me. And that's, that's great. Right. And then when you can give them an opportunity to speak by asking questions, right. Uh, instead of being the most interesting person in the room, you can be the most interested person. In the room. When you ask questions, then people get a chance to speak. So now people feel seen, you say their name and then they feel heard because you give them a microphone, a platform or an opportunity, which we do with my show, we bring people in for interviews, or if I have events, we bring people in for speaking, 
Uh, obviously, breakfast with champions. Everybody gets a yeah. seat at the table. We open the mic. Um, and then significant. Now, significance is, in a lot of ways, it's a, a result. When people feel seen and heard, they feel significant in your life. Um, but there's intention behind that as well as significance is something that is built over time. So I can make you feel seen and heard in a moment, but how do I make you feel significant? That requires a little more effort and, and energy. So I do that by sending out encouraging messages to people randomly in my phone. Um, just, Hey, was thinking about you think you're awesome. And it doesn't matter whether it's a business partner or a client or just somebody in my life, everybody wants to feel seen, heard and significant. And so I send out five encouraging messages every day. And it's just Brilliant. randomly in my phone. Boom, I'm sending you a message. Hey, Justine, thanks for letting me have, have you having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it, right? Or hey, whatever, whatever. And so I do five of those a day. You do five of those a day times 365, um, you know, days a year. You're looking at, uh, what is that? 730, 1460, uh, plus 366, 375, 1825 yes. messages. That's, amazing. that's, eight, that's 1,825 people that you are breathing life into every single year, right? Unbelievable. Um, and, and it's so, it's easy and it doesn't take a lot of time, but people really feel... Um, that significance that you took the time to do that. And then I guess the last thing I would say is when I'm in the car, if I'm traveling, so on and so forth, I use that time. I like to invest that time into making phone calls with people that I normally only talk about business with. So if you and I were business partners and all we ever talk about is business, I might be in the car and I'll just call you and be like, hey, Justine, what's up? And then you're like, hey, what's up? I'm like, nothing. And you're like, what do you mean? Nothing. And you're like, oh, nothing. I just, I, I, I didn't call you for any reason other than I was thinking about you and I just wanted to give you a call oh, and just say hi. And people are like, wow, well, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. You sure you don't need anything? Like, no, don't need nothing. Don't want nothing. Like just saying hello. And of course you keep those calls short, right? Cause we don't want to waste people's time or anything like that. So you make it a, a three to five minute phone call and you can do 20 of those on a, you know, hour long trip. Right. And, and. Um, those are the types of things, just little, small, incremental, intentional things that people feel seen, heard, and significant. It really goes a long way. And on the other side of that, how do you counteract the bad energy? Because we all encounter that in today's day and age. So like if you dealing with a negative person, negative client, negative friend, negative family member, how do you block that from your energy field? Yeah. So for the most part, I just don't have those people in my life, like in, in, at, at all. Like I love everyone. I do. I love all people. I think they're amazing. Um, but there is nothing in, in, in the Bible or any other historical text that I've read that says, um, you have to hang out with them. There's nothing that says that it's, it says we need to love one another, but it, yeah. it doesn't mean we have to hang out, bro. And, um, I just don't let that. I just don't allow that energy in my world. Now, obviously, if somebody's in a, you know, they need help or, or so on and so forth, um, I try to be there for people and guide people the best I can. But at some point, you got to like, figure it out, you know, yes. and so it's like, hey, I love you. I'm here for you. Um, I got you. We had a deep conversation. Now I need you to go take action on these items. Because if you keep coming back with the same stuff discipline over yep. and over and over then we just can't hang out like i love you but we just can't hang out like um it's too important man energy is contagious all energy is contagious so 
You can't Definitely. have that negativity in your organization. You can't have it in your life. Might be a family member. You have to say, hey, mom, I love you, but I, you're too negative and I can't hang out with you. And they might get offended or butthurt or whatever. Um, but ultimately, you know, you've got to, you have to protect that with, with, with everything. You got to protect yeah. that energy with everything. It spills into every part of your life. Definitely. Yeah. And Glenn, how do you stay resilient in the face of challenges and setbacks, both personally and professionally? Because I know you've got a super positive attitude, but what what would you what advice would you give to entrepreneurs? <laughs> um, so I because I have a lot of kids, I've seen some crazy things when it comes to cycles of life and everything in life is seasonal and everything in life is a cycle from uh, 80 year cycles to 10 year cycles to, you know, it's all, it's all everything um, from winter to spring and fall and summer and all that stuff, right? It's all cycles and seasons. And in life, you'll see that when you have a baby, you know, this baby is like super content, hopefully healthy, super happy. You can just put them down. They don't move. All they need is like food, heat, and you know, they're good, uh, change their diaper. And that's like all they need. And then at some point something happens and there's a change. And as soon as that change happens mentally, you'll see the child will go from just being content laying there to starting to struggle to try to like roll itself over. So push its arms out start kicking its legs mm -hmm. out, start growing the shoulder. And it'll try and try and try, and it'll continue to struggle through this season. But that struggle is actually what causes the muscles to grow and develop. And at some point, that baby will succeed. It will roll over. And then we all clap and cheer. Yay, baby rolled over, baby rolled over. We all get excited. And the baby's cool with that for just a little bit. And then something changes. And then when something changes, we'll see it again. That baby will start to struggle to try to push itself up start lifting its head up off the thing. And in that process of struggling, it's actually developing the coordination and the muscles. It's growing the coordination and the muscles to be able to push itself up. So at some point that baby starts to crawl and we clap and we cheer and we clap and we cheer and the baby's cool with crawling. And then again, from crawling to walking and from walking to running and from running to learning to play baseball or soccer or a cricket or a new skill or learning to ride a horse or navigating relationships, having a boyfriend, having a girlfriend, um, getting a job, like getting older, uh, you know, menopause, all this stuff. Like there's all these seasons, right? That we go through and every single one of these seasons follows the same process. There's a change followed by struggle, followed by growth, followed by success. And so whenever we're in a season of struggle, I'm like, dope i'm developing the muscles i'm growing so that i can get to success when i'm in a season of success i'm like oh shit things are about to change because that's how it always goes change always follows success right and when i'm in a season of change i'm like okay i'm, I'm ready to, i'm bracing in i'm like oh struggles on the way struggles on the way right and then struggle leads to growth all right we're growing again that means success is on the other side let's go so just knowing the seasons and what cycle you're in um, allows me to either brace myself for what's next, prepare for that next area of growth, development, or opportunity, or even get excited in 
trying times because I understand those trying times are building the muscles I need to reach the next levels of success. So that's what I would remind all of you, whichever season you're in, one of those four seasons, remember that it is a season and it has come to pass and you will cycle and you will continue for the rest of your life to go through all those, all those cycles. That is so powerful, Glenn. Thank you so much. And yeah. I know we this interview has been fire. I could talk to you all day, but tell us a little bit about, because I know you've just, you're about to launch your book or you've launched your book. So I want people to know a little bit more about it and how they can find it. Because I just think you have so many valuable insights. And guys, if you haven't seen Glenn, you need to go go check out his YouTube. Go, you've got to join him on Clubhouse, but you've done so many things. I can't wait to see what you do next. So tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah, thank you. So um, I wrote a book called The Legacy Titles. It is a parable for Fantastic. success. Uh, the book will launch in the first quarter of 2024. So right now it's in final uh, proofs and uh, and we'll be, we'll be launching it out there. So pretty cool. Um, I wrote a fictional story, but it has um, actual practical principles that you can apply in your life. I just think learning should be fun when we learn. So I wrote it in a, in a unique way so you can have fun. Uh, there's a story attached to it. You can learn the principles of success. There's 12 principles in all. And uh, after years and years and years and years and years and years of saying I'm going to write this book, I finally freaking You've wrote done it. So it's always the case with the book. I, I can't <laughs> wait to read it. I'm so excited. I know the listeners are, are so excited to read it too, but we'll definitely put the link below on the podcast and Glenn, for my last question to you, like I know entrepreneurship is changing and you've built an incredible brand. I think not just as a business, but a personal brand as a person, because we are our brand. Basically, I always say it's you, Inc. You represent your business, your company, everything you do. What is, and I'm going to call it, we, we call it, obviously the company is called Million Dollar Branders, my company, but what is a million dollar brand to you? And what, what does it take to build one, do you think, in 2024? I love how you your book is about legacy, but I would love to know the answer to that from you. Yeah, I think um, when you say million-dollar brand, I think a brand that tells a story, a, uh, it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, that's not the right word. Uh, I, I think of like a brand that a compelling, that's the word I'm looking for. It's a brand that tells a compelling story that attracts people mm, to, the, to the story itself more than the product, more than the, even the result that they're going to get, but ultimately to the story. That's what I think when I think million dollar brands, the best brands in the world, there's a story attached to it. Now that story can be one that's created in the minds of the of the client or in the minds of the user, or it might be a story that was created in the mind of the owner of the brand, right? Uh, different 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 brands have different paths and journeys that they go on, um, but ultimately, an iconic brand always has a story. Look at a big golden arches. We all oh, know right. the story, right? There's yeah. a story. Whether that be the story of how McDonald's was created and the real estate takeover and all of that or the story of being five years old and going into the mm -hmm. drive-thru with your parents and getting those golden crispy french fries with some salt <laughs> on them right like there's a story attached to it uh and that's what i think of when i think million dollar brand 
Awesome. Or, or Glenn Lundy growing up in two different houses and listening to country music and R&B and a combination and working out what you are. <laughs> That's right. So I love it. I absolutely love it. And Glenn, I can't wait to see what you do next, but just give a little shout out. Like how can people follow you, find you? I know you've got your website, glennlundy.com. Yeah, 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 for sure. Glenn Lundy, look me up on social. For some reason, I'm like the only <laughs> Glenn Lundy in the world who cares about social media for some reason. So you can find me, you can connect, you can download my free ebook, The Morning Five. Uh, if you go to themorningfive.com, you can download the free ebook. If you would like to learn more about who I am and five simple steps that you can do in the morning, including sending out that encouraging message, you can do that uh, whatever way you want to connect. Awesome. And Glenn, thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the world, mostly for the legacy that you're creating, because you are creating future entrepreneurs and you're igniting their journeys, their parts. And I've just seen so much of what you've done just from the sideline, but I'm backing you. I'm behind you. And thank you for giving your time because I know it's a commodity and what a fire interview. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you. Really enjoyed it and excited to come to Australia. Come on, let's go make it happen. <laughs>